You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Well, what a week it has been, ladies and gentlemen. We're not necessarily talking about uh, the impeachment thing that happened in the House. We're actually talking about uh, Twitter, Facebook, social media, and your rights to free speech. Or do you have rights to free speech at all? Join us on the news line is my good friend, Chris Spangle, digital director for the Bob and Tom Show, and also host of the Chris Spangle Show podcast you can see on various platforms, at least for now. Chris, my friend, uh, thanks for being with us. Always good to talk to you, buddy. It is so great to see you. I think about you every day as I slowly turn into you. <laughs> now, see, that's the sweetest thing you could have said to me all year long. So I just remember being this little tea partier in 2005, sitting across from you, telling you all the ways you were wrong. And then now I realize I was ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, not a problem, my friend. Well, let's go ahead and get started. First of all, uh, as somebody who's in sort of the digital realm, like I said, you know, the digital director of the Bob and Tom Show, you also have your own uh, Chris Mango Show podcast. What do you think about uh, what's happening with all the you know social media stuff and the, and the free speech debate? Yeah, rights are very complicated, and it's always a delicate balance within a free society. I mean, my, where, where I come down is that I believe in the freedom in freedom of speech. I believe in freedom of association. I mean, the ability to say and do what you want in this country are not to be infringed by the government in any way, shape, or form. But it does not mean that there aren't consequences for your behavior. And what we've seen over specifically the last year, but generally over the last decade, is that people tend to want to do whatever they want, and they don't want consequences and become very angry at consequences. And I think, you know, so much of the Trump movement is a denial of consequences within a free society. I mean, the reality is you don't have a free society if the government is forcing people to put you on their platform. You don't have a right to walk into my house and plot an insurrection in my house. Now, that being said, censorship always backfires. I would ask our audience listening now, since Alex Jones banned two years ago, is there more or less conspiracy talk within this society? Is there more or less censorship? Is there more or less nuttiness? And the problem is that when you drive people into these digital silos, they go unchecked and they're not being fact-checked. I was for leaving Plandemic on Facebook because people can can comment on it and refute it in the comment section. That's an important function of a free society. And when we're push, pushing people off of these platforms for our own comfort, we're not creating our own comfort. We're creating our own misery. And now let me get your thoughts on uh, what happened, particularly with President Donald Trump. Uh, like I said, we had the, we had the speech, had sort of the, the insurrection. Uh, then immediately uh, Twitter takes him off of Facebook. Uh, then people start saying, hey, what about free speech? What about the president's First Amendment rights? Yeah, I mean, these platforms are very clear that part of their terms of service is that they don't want – uh, violence. They don't. I, I mean, you and I don't get banned. We talk politics all the time, and that's because we're in their home. We know what they want and don't want. I saved some of that stuff for the for the blog, you know, the, the, at chrisbangle.com to get that plug in there, uh, you know, because I know what they want and don't want. Um, and I think that they're way too hard on censorship. But when it comes to Trump, he got so many more chances. Uh, than any of us would have gotten because he's newsworthy. Uh, but 
you know, if there's a reason to kick somebody off of your platform, it's usually trying to overthrow the government with a violent insurrection. I mean, if there's if if you can't kick somebody off of your platform for that, then I don't know what you know. It, it's it's. Do I think he should be off? Um, it's a really difficult question because I think he he is he uses it for propaganda, but I would rather see what he's saying and understand what he's saying so it can be refuted and talked about than uh, not seeing it. And that's sort of the problem. Like all these people who plotted all this stuff and are plotting for the 20th are now being pushed into encrypted services. So we have no idea what they're talking about, you know, and that, and the, the really violent people we've not seen for 10 years because those people were kicked off over the last decade. So the people that are the, the real problem here, are not your uncle who's quoting QAnon that you see on Facebook, sharing the memes, that's not the dangerous person. They're dangerous in that they enable Trump's worst impulses, but the dangerous people you've not seen on Facebook. And that's why there's a serious threat moving forward because we don't really know what's going on or what's being said and it can't be checked. Our guest today on the program is Chris Spangle. Chris is the digital director of the Bob and Tom Show and also uh, hosts the Chris Spangle uh, Show on podcasts. It's on a number of platforms that you can actually hear. And so we're talking today about uh, just sort of social media and what's been uh, happening in the news uh, the past few weeks. Uh, Chris, when we talk about uh, censorship, uh, what what exactly do we mean by censorship in the social media universe because let's say somebody posts like you know, hey let's go you know take over the government tomorrow at two o'clock and that's taken down versus you know somebody who's who's blocked altogether. yeah i mean the, the the real balance especially for a libertarian like myself is not enabling the greater censor meaning the government in an effort to punish the lesser censor meaning social media here because they have the, the government uses force to to uh, make things happen versus these companies which you can voluntarily associate or not associate with you can delete your account today if you don't like their policies and we can complain to them you know ron paul got kicked off this week they, everyone complained and they re-added him so um you know, when it comes to how these companies make decisions, and I had a friend who worked at Parler and talked to them about their moderation, you know, the, the, the challenge is very difficult because you want people to have the ability to have free speech, but you don't want people violating the law. I mean, if you're a free speech absolutist, banning pornography is a violation of the strictest free speech principles. So, you know, do you as a service want pornography on your platform? And Twitter has decided that's okay because people can just click the unfollow button. And Facebook has said absolutely not. So these services have different challenges and different levels. I thought it was a huge mistake to get into regulating uh, political speech two years ago with the Alex Jones ban, which was obviously a coordinated attack on his abilities. But at the same time, I listen to Alex Jones every once in a while. He's still there. You still can hear him. You'll still hear Donald Trump. Um, they just don't want to be associated with those sorts of things. And so other people move on and creative destruction takes place and new platforms are built. And that's the, the real key. You and you bring, so, you, bring, you bring up something interesting about Donald Trump, because although Donald Trump, uh, for the you know, remaining five, six days he's left in office, although he doesn't have, uh, say, Twitter and Facebook to get his message out, 
he's still the president of the United States. He can still, you know, walk out of his office, walk a few feet down to the press room and have a news conference. So it's not like he doesn't have a voice. He just doesn't have a voice on, you know, XYZ social media platforms. I get removed from Facebook tomorrow. You can go and listen to my podcast. You get kicked off of Twitter. You can go to IndiePolitics.org. Like there's the idea that this is a total eradication of, you know, that, that you're going to be memory hold and that this is Orwellian plays into the victimhood of the right and really is what tr- gives Trump his power. And and I reject a lot of that. I, I think that Trump has the has such a sycophantic media sphere around him that he has the ability to get his message out. You know, now, should Facebook be kicking off the conservative T-shirt seller? Absolutely not. And that's where these companies go wrong with some of the timing and with who they select. They they accidentally fuel the victimhood narrative that gives him his power, rile people up. Because you have to understand the right motivation. They feel that the left, that this was an existential threat. The hardcore followers feel that if Joe Biden takes the oath of office, they will be completely eradicated from this country. I mean, I see stuff where people think they're going to be put up against a wall and shot. I mean, it, and so because these companies don't have a good grasp of how it will be taken in the movements that they're trying to censor, it really becomes a Reichstag fire moment where they go, see, he's right. If, if he's not in power, they're going to eliminate us. We have to fight. And so, I mean, I'm just glad I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, an island in Hawaii is not worth the problems that guy has. <laughs> <laughs> our guest on the other program is our good friend Chris Bangle. Chris is a digital director of the Bob and Tom Show, and also uh, he hosts a podcast, uh, the Chris Bangle Show, that you can find on Facebook and Twitter and the whole nine yards in the universe. And so we're talking today about uh, the issues with social media, with the, the First Amendment, and also uh, to a certain degree, sort of antitrust uh, movements as well in the social media universe. Uh, Chris, uh, and that's what I wanted to, to chat with you about in this segment of the program is that this. And I know you're not a lawyer, and thank God for that. <laughs> Because we we got no problems as it is in our profession, uh, but what about this 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 accusation that that Facebook and Twitter and all the other social media people they all sort of collaborated together to to get rid of Donald Trump? I mean, there's no evidence for it, uh, and and this is sort of the you know the problem with with a lot of this on both sides. And I think about all the time where where you used to say just walk across the street, put your sign down, walk across the street, and pick up the other guy's sign. Uh, you know, they, it's so often we kind of see what it is and we take it for what it is, but there's no evidence for it. Like we all kind of knew Trump was a problem, but we ignored it because he said the right things in the right moments, but then acted like a nut. And that's what I think is happening here. I think when you see Alex Jones deplatform from 15 services in a 24 hour period in 2018, I mean, that's sort of remarkable when you see donald trump and parlor and these other companies removed like you think there weren't conversations at amazon about removing parlor like they just managed to wake up that day and go let's just kill them like no they've they've been having conversations i find it hard to believe that these companies don't have conversations with each other about this stuff i mean that's you and I run around many different circles and in every different community, everybody talks and everybody kind of has informal conversations. I find it hard to believe that that doesn't exist here. Uh, you know, and they understand their power and who else understands the difficulties of Mark Zuckerberg's job like Jack Dorsey. So 
the the reality is that there may be some legitimate claim to that. Um, I I think where these platforms are heading is they're trying to get politics off their platforms. You know, I, I run groups that are on the left. I run groups that are down the middle and on the right. I've had more posts removed in left groups this week than I have on the right or libertarian groups for for many different reasons. Um, but, you know, leftist blogs and groups get removed, too. They just don't have the PR agency that uh, the right has. And I think that these companies just want to get – they want to get politics off because it's a liability. You know, Jack Dorsey is making these decisions not for his users but to keep – Josh Hawley and Ron Wyden off his back. So and you know what? And you, and you bring up, and you, now for senators. And you bring up an interesting point because I was thinking about this uh, earlier this week. Is that if you're, you know, said your your Twitter, Facebook, or you know Apple, you're like, you know what? Is this really worth it? Is this worth right. the time? Is it worth the grief? Is it worth the hassle? And the answer is no. I can make the money up somewhere else, but I'm done with these jackholes. You can make so much money advertising mobile apps. That, that for games, right? Like you, you, you want the local garden shop to advertise and what threatens your business? It's politics. I mean, politics has crept into every area of our society since 2007. And it's just gotten like, I mean, I remember thinking since Ballard's election, it's just like, it's never let up. People can't remember what it was like before 2007. Like, and these guys just kind of go, well, why do we want people screaming at each other and ruining society when we can go back to like sharing cute photos of your niece? Because how many people <laughs> you can't play the piano? Yeah, like who who looks forward to logging onto Facebook right now? It's horrible. I hate it. I have to work on it because it's partly my business, and it's just like it's the worst part of my day. And why? Because of politics. So start disincentivizing use posting about politics start pushing people and nudging them uh into self-censorship so they're not talking about politics that's really what these companies are doing it's not an attack on the right it's an attack on everybody's conversation around politics which i mean people should have the right to talk about that stuff but maybe they're just saying this isn't the right place because look at the results like i don't think there's anybody that thinks 2008 on in politics has been made better by Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and social media. It's just not better. It's less, it's anti-intellectual and it's not working. Our guest on the program for a few more minutes is Chris Spangle. Chris is the digital director of the Bob and Tom Show and also uh, hosts the podcast, The Chris Spangle Show, that you can find on uh, the Internet. Chris, I want to take a few minutes to talk about uh, Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act because for some reason, folks think that if you get rid of that, Everything will be better. And I don't understand why, because Section 230 simply says is that a, a Internet service provider or a, or a website cannot be held accountable for the things that people post. Now, granted, if you're violating copyright or defamation, that's a different creature. But if you're not, uh, say, you know, if you make if you the defamation, defamatory comment, any politics can't get in trouble for it. Right. If you remove Section 230, you remove Airbnb you remove user-generated content because Section 230 solved a problem that happened before Section 230 was in place, which was the, the constant lawsuits and the tension between uh, the, you know, it, it just clarified who was liable for what because 
nobody was sure beforehand. And so they passed Section 230, which made the Internet more free and more secure and more open because it removed the liability from these platforms. It has nothing to do with them being publishers versus not publishers. Like, you know, the the reality is there's two, three billion people on Facebook. They're, they're a, a country. It's all user-generated. Uh, I tend to think that the, the call for Section 230, if, if it's not just a gut instinct to remove uh, these platforms that they see as enemies, it's, I, I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to. They just kind of want to get rid of perceived enemies. There were so many calls to one IP in Wyoming or Idaho that they just blocked Facebook and Twitter from their IP services. So, you know, the first people to get banned from Facebook and social media in this world will be the right because they're the ones that will perpetrate it. And so it's, again, sensorial and censorship always backfires. Prohibition always backfires. When you try to take away freedom, then it backfires on you. People, people resent it. Uh, final question for you, my friend. What do you see the future of social media uh, look like, say, maybe five, ten years down the road? I think people are waking up to the addiction, and I think people are opting out of the uglier parts of it. They're either opting out of engaging on the platforms altogether, or they're trying to seek out better content. They're trying to seek out funnier content or lighthearted content. Uh, I think people just get so frustrated that they walk away from it. I think you'll see the power, and this is an important free market function. When something stops working for people, individuals walk away from it, and it loses its power, and something else pops up. I think the media is going to go back to websites and blog roles and emails, and that was probably the best way to handle it. I just, you know, it's it's people would rather get expertise and knowledge and facts than they would memes from their uncle. Like they just they're not looking for that. All righty. Well, our guest today on the program has been our good friend, Chris Spangle. Uh, he is the digital producer for the Bob and Tom Show, also uh, host of the Chris Spangle Podcast, and used to be my producer a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. My little boy's all grown up. So, Chris, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Good to talk to you, too. Thank you so much.